The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Good morning, everybody. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. Mom calls me Kevin. Everybody else calls me Bakes. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, you know, what's in it for you, uranium, green investing for realists. And I know this is becoming the uranium show, but I'm trying really hard to respond to the sort of questions and, 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 and feedback that I'm getting so that you somehow, some way, you profit from what this is one of the best opportunities I've seen in a long time, so I hope I've I've uh, uh, captured your attention. We're going to open the mailbag. My son Jack came in with a voice memo, which I love, and I love him. It also pertains to my other son Bobby about Oracle. We're going to talk about Apple, and we're going to talk about uh, Joby Aviation, vertical liftoff electric vehicles. Uh, that's about as an eclectic uh, grouping as I can come up with. We're going to go through the stock market authority portfolio. I'm going to give you my search for the 10 best ETFs to make money this year. But right now, today's top story. Uh, uranium is uh, uh, green investing for realists. And I promised, and I'm a man of my word, uh, I would give credit to Eric Balchunas. He is at Bloomberg News. He runs the, uh, Trillium, the Trillions podcast. He covers ETFs, has forgotten more than I know probably about that. But uh, I, like the, I appreciate a well-turned phrase, and so I wanted to give him credit. Uh, green investing for realists. And I, I like that whole concept. I know people have a people, planet, profit. Uh, my friends at, at ShareScoops, Gus Christensen, um, you know, that's part of the, 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 the prism through which they view investing. And I think it's tough enough to make investing, to, to make money investing in stocks with everything else, but putting handcuffs on yourself, I think, makes it more difficult. So here, I'm really making it clear. If you have some sort of a, uh, 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 you know, carbon footprint component to what you want to do or, or a save the world component to your investing thesis, uranium gets the job done. Solar and wind does not do it. And uh, this is baseload, safe, clean, carbon-free energy that helps everybody, every country, uh, every company hit their their uh, carbon-free goals. So, you know, I am not a tree hugger by any stretch of the imagination. I've made that pretty clear in, 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 in uh, uh, prior uh, podcasts. Politics, frankly, is irrelevant to me with stocks. Stocks drive politics, not the other way around. I've also made that case uh, many times. So, here we are with uranium, uh, the junior miners. And this is my personal favorite because as we see the spot price of uranium take off, getting above the $70 level, the smaller companies are going to have more operating leverage than the bigger companies, by and large, and there's going to be more upside. And there's going to be uh, more discovery of as as capital flows into this 
this area, which has started to happen, but we're very early in this. And I want to stress upon you, you know, people are, there's a long ways to go. There's a long ways to go. And I really appreciate the feedback that you give me over the course of the week via YouTube, via text, via email, etc. cetera. Uh, so I, I get a sense as, as, as to where you are. This to me, this is the launch pad. This is a base. This is a clear breakout into new all-time highs. We took out 2332. Sprout put this together about a year ago, and this is URNJ, their junior miners uranium ETF. And it's the prettiest chart in the stock market. And I've said this on, on, on Twitter, X, whatever the hell they call themselves now. Uh, people ask for my best ideas for the end of the year and next year. This is it. I go through thousands of charts. Now, Marcus Smith has made it 3,000 plus charts that I go through every single month. Thank you, Marcus Smith. And I do that because I love it, and I'm also weird. And number two, I love searching for new ideas, especially ones that are out of the mainstream. And uranium certainly qualifies. I'm seeing it pop up on CNBC a little more often. I'm hearing it, I'm seeing it in business publications, but I'm not seeing it in general publications. So this is a, uh, a sea change as far as I'm concerned. But from a chart perspective, you have an all-time high, 10 times normal volume. That doesn't happen very often. That doesn't. I mean, this is, this is real money showing up and saying, get me some exposure to uranium, and it's just beginning. Now, yeah, it isn't the bottom, but it's not far from the bottom, and it is this close to the, to the launch point where there's this moment of recognition where... We, we uh, Fukushima was 11 years ago. We've worked off all the inventories. The mines have been shuttered. Nuclear demand is, is surging. The political climate is more amenable to having nuclear power plants extended and built. And you need uranium for that. And as we've seen before, solar and wind doesn't get it done. And... Um, here we go. Now, I got to, you know, talk my book a little bit. I bought this on uh, June 13th uh, this year at 1835, and that was the first buy point. But don't, uh, uh, you know, sacrifice the, the good on the altar of the perfect. This is the next best buy point. It's like planting a tree, okay? So here we are. This is Monday. This is Now it's Wednesday. It's only three days this is just starting to happen. So I want you to get over this, this uh, I've missed it, or FOMO, or, or, or uh, I want to put it in perspective. This is, it took us 11 years to get here. We're not going to get out of it in two or three, in my opinion. Now, things could change, but uh, I hope I'm stressing this upon you that that is one of the prettiest charts I've seen in a long time. It is one of the best fundamental setups I've seen in a long time. And uh, I, I just think you should own it. Now, this isn't financial advice. I don't know your whole picture. You're smart people. Um, but I do this for my sons, Bobby and Jack. And I literally, before I did this, I said I texted them. And I said, Bobby Jack, I'm buying this uh, at the open, 10% of the portfolio. Okay, Dad. And, and I invite you to come into that. But, I mean, I can't be more transparent or, or uh, more congruent in my approach. This is what I'm doing. 
uh, with my wife and I, and I'm telling my sons to do this or recommending or suggesting they can do their own work, they can disagree with me, they can call me an idiot, but this chart is telling me that I'm not an idiot. And um, uh, so that's my motivation for, for all of this, okay? Now, this is the, the URNM uh, ETF from Sprott again, and this is my second favorite. And the, uh, the reason being is it's taking out new highs, not all-time highs, but taking out 52-week highs on three times normal volume. And this is the bigger companies. This is Cameco, is the, uh, CCJ is the biggest uh, market cap out there, around $18 billion. I think I have that about right. Uh, but it's new highs on big volume. And uh, I get asked uh, a bunch of things from Murph. From Jay, you know, uh, it, I don't own enough, or or is it too late? And uh, the answer is, you got to decide what your enough is. Okay, uh, uh, I've made it a substantial part of the portfolio because the market has told me to, and I've been doing this for twenty five plus years, and I can sense when I'm onto something that is really, really meaningful. That that where the the technicals and the fundamentals collide, and I also have the market dynamic of of uh, outside discovery of a new audience of capital coming into an asset class they haven't paid attention to probably ever. So I I hope I'm conveying why I'm, I'm you know there will be times I talk about entirely different subjects and the reason I want you to tune into me is that. This isn't the uranium show, and at some point, I'm going to be dispassionate, and this is going to be old yeller, and I'm going to take it behind the barn and shoot it, but it's not right now. Jay asked me, I'm up 48% in URNM. I'm up 35 so he beat me, God bless him, uh, and, and when should I take profits? And I say, you know, let your winners run and cut your losers. It's counter to what almost all individual investors do. They, they hold, on, hold on and hope to their losers, and they snatch profits because they're so elusive whenever they show up. This is just getting started. Now, if you're antsy and, 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 and you, know, you can't handle buying at new highs or you, you – uh, I, I don't know what's going on. What I've done in the past, if I've had a big move, like a double in six months, like when we, we shorted the Kathy Woodstocks and the SPACs, I take the original investment out and then, quote unquote, play with the house money. So uh, whatever that number is for you, you take out the money you've invested and then just let the, everything else ride. And stay tuned into here because I will tell you when to sell. I have a sell discipline that I don't hear on other podcasters and, or, or investors or anything. And I've been in six different firms, and there's no concrete sell discipline in the institutional world. There isn't, and there ought to be. And I developed it because I needed it. And I saw 87, and I wanted to make sure that I never went through that again, and I don't want you to go through that again. So... Um, uh, as far as those of you who say, yeah, I, I own some, but I want to own some more. My best thought is, 
and I'm full, okay? I own as much as I want to at this stage of the game. But if you see low-volume pullbacks to this 45-46 range that I've drawn here, then uh, I think you ought, to, you ought to do with that. And that's, again, not financial advice. you got to pick your amount that you're comfortable with. But uh, uh, I would rather own this than almost the rest of the S&P. And, and I, I mean that sincerely. And this isn't in the S&P, so that's why I like it. It's so darn quirky. The 52-week high... The all-time high, this top line that I've driven here, that I've drawn here, uh, if you see that taken out on on you know one and a half times normal volume, then finish the job and and own it. And I think you're going to be there for two years at least. Again, I don't say this often, um, but I, I have to be emphatic because I'm getting all these things where this is so good. Let's get out and 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 you know go on to something else. No, let your winners run, cut your losses now. Do me a favor, send me anything you see, pro and especially con. I want the bear story, and I want to, you know, see the whites of their eyes and, and what they're talking about so that I can assess what I should incorporate into my thinking. Do me a favor, please, go to my website, sign up for my free newsletter. The How to Sell video is is more valid by the day. We did it a year ago, and it just flat out works. So I know how to sell. I know how to read charts, and I'll teach you. Please go there, stockmarketauthority.com, and do that. And that's today's top story slash rant. Now, it's time for the mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. Copious amounts of uh, coffee and uh, and ACDC on the ride up here, so I am uh, jacked up. Oh, and something else. Uh, I have a wonderful question coming in, voice memo from my son. So let's play that, please. Hey, Dad, Monday the 18th. Thanks for all the help you've been giving me recently. Uh, I wanted to call in and ask about Oracle. I know the reported earnings on the 11th, um, and that uh, despite some pretty solid results, the stock dropped about 13.5% on the day. Um, and I, I heard an analyst across the street said, do not confuse the journey with the destination, and everything is on track at Oracle. So with that quick pullback, I was wondering if you find any value in the stock um, and what your overall outlook would be on it, especially with some maybe AI tailwinds coming down the pipe. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate that, and I love you. It was great seeing you here in town the other day. Uh, and again, folks, this is why I do this. Uh, and I just put it on steroids and brought in Chrissy to make me look better than I, I really should. Uh, uh, I talked to my sons. And then their friends that were in the student managed investment programs that James Madison and Bucknell joined in. And now I'm just trying to make it uh, as wide as possible. I've been doing this for 25 plus years. Uh, I've got the battle scars. I know where the bodies are buried. And I know how the street works. You know, not how the textbooks I know how the textbooks work, but I believe like the street is, is, is way more important. Bobby, for you, my oldest son who works for QTS data centers owned by Blackstone, you got to start tuning into the Oracle calls. Uh, but Jack and Bobby, on the way in, I listened to the Borsa app, B-O-R-S-A, and it basically takes all these earnings calls and puts them into a podcast that you can skip through. And uh, I did it on the write-up, and it is absolutely phenomenal. So, First of all, uh, if, if uh, uh, you listen to these calls, don't play a drinking game where the word is AI because you'll be crushed. Uh, AI is mentioned has to be 30 times minimum. I'm making that number up, but uh, uh, and that, a little bit more on that later. The, 
this is a hold to me because my self-discipline hasn't kicked in. It's a weak hold. Uh, I see this line that I drew up here. That's a double top, 127.54. That also doubles as resistance. And so the fact that the earnings call failed there and frankly reversed there gives me uh, a lot of pause. You see over here to the left, the first liftoff on the last conference call, which they liked, uh, uh, because AI was more fashionable and, and people were looking for a cheaper NVIDIA, if you will. That benefited them the last quarter, and as you see, that, that, that gap up. Now, you see very low volume on, the, on earnings eve, and then you see an earnings call that they did not like. And the stock gap back down uh, on huge volume, and um, it's going to take a great earnings report to fill this to 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 fill that gap and turn this around. I don't think it's coming, which is why I say it's a weak hold. There's a lot of good stuff going on in AI, but as Barron's points out in this article, uh, Cerner a $28 billion acquisition they did a year ago is snatching defeat from the jaws of AI victory. And the uh, uh, their move to the cloud is causing revenues to be recognized rateably versus upfront with license. And that's not going to change anytime soon. We're just starting to anniversary that acquisition. And so I think the commentary now is going to be AI is good. When's Cerner going to stop being bad? And that isn't what I do. I'm not a value guy. I'm a growth guy. And I want things that are good and getting better. I think things here are good and okay, but uh, Cerner is is taking away from that until further notice. And so if I was looking at this as a fundamental investor, I would be trying to do a lot of trade checks to see if 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 Cerner is, is finally getting around, but it, it's a it's a battleship. You're taking uh, billions of dollars of revenues and 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 transferring them to the cloud infrastructure and a different accounting. So uh, to me, it's a hold, but a very weak hold. And uh, I would be looking for other things uh, to to do. The uh, and Bobby, for you, they talk about stunning data center demand. So I think you should put this in your arsenal and listen to this call uh, all the time. Uh, Patty from San Francisco said, uh, Bakes, Apple's a great company, uh, great products. Why is it acting so lousy? And I almost wrote, I, was, I had another segment I was going to call, you know, uh, Apple, who gives a damn? And uh, but I know everybody does because it's in every ETF, you know, practically under the sun. Virtually everybody out there that is is you know uh, watching this owns it, at least a, a, a sliver of it. And uh, I don't genuflect to this idea of it's a great company. I talked about Disney a little while ago. It was a great company. It isn't now. And and uh, it's just that's just just those are cold hard facts. My uh, thing with Apple is, if, if if this was not Apple, and it wasn't talked about on CBC every day, and and you just you know came in from ten thousand feet parachuting, you'd say this is a company growing at eight percent a year with a thirty PE and a lousy chart. No thanks. That's how I look at the world. Now I'm as subtle as a two by four. We've established that, but. Um, you've got two gaps down here, and this is also interesting. This is 
Uh, we've gone from, you know, 200 to 175. That isn't, you know, that's not going to kill anybody. But if you're, and then you look at the volume down here, the down volume is picking up. And what I think that is, is that's every, uh, uh, you know, money manager out there that has a, uh, an index like the S&P 500 where they hug it and they say, you know what? Uh, I don't need to have this as an overweight or an equal weight. I can underweight this, and I'm not going to get fired. So now Apple's 4% versus 7 and and let's go find uh, other ways to make a performance in a, 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 a crazy year for technology. This came down to the 150-day. I can't tell you how many uh, stocks I looked at last night, way too late into the early morning, uh, where that's what the, the, the pattern is. It's September. It's a lousy time in the market. We're going to pull back to the 150-day and then reassess. And we'll see uh, how we come out of that. So to me, Apple is a hold, a weak hold. And um, uh, I think my cell discipline is going to be invoked, but I never get in front of that. That's why I always wait to see the whites of their eyes. And then I'll come and say, Apple's officially leaving the building. But I'd much rather... The, your fundamentals and, and technicals of uranium are so much better than Apple's, it's not even close. So there we go. Uh, Josh, my good friend from Canton, asked about Joby, Joby Aviation. And uh, what do you think? What are the chart buy points? And uh, and it's funny because you mentioned that, and then I look at Barron's recently, and they talk about the federal regulators making their uh, vertical lift vehicle, giving it approval for for airworthiness, and then they had some uh, Koreans come in and put in a uh, hundred million dollars, and the and the stock popped here back in uh, July third. It looks like here, and then in another story they had they talked pretty glowingly about the opportunities for these these you know flying EVs in essence, and and I. Uh, I love George Jetson as much as the next guy, but as I point out in my Tesla arguments, I drive up here from Boston to beautiful Salem, New Hampshire, God's country, uh, live free or die, and the I see, I literally counted them. There's five Teslas, and there's hundreds of, of uh, internal combustion engines. So to think that there's going to be a groundswell anytime soon that drive this to profitability versus burning cash where they are right now, I'm skeptical, okay? Now, if you hold it, it hasn't violated the cell discipline. It's another weak hold for me. And my whole, um, uh, I look at the 715 level that goes back a year, this resistance. If you see a meaningful breakout above that, then you might get more interesting, especially if it's stapled to to positive news that somehow brings in the timeline for profitability. But when companies are losing money, and it sounds more like a, a science fiction uh, feature and, and a company that ought to be in a VC portfolio and not public, you can see where I may say this is a weak hold. So I hope that's helpful. Let me know. And, and I will uh, uh, guide you. 619 is support level. If you see it below that, then something's really wrong. Uh, and um, when, you don't, when you're not making money and producing a lot of vehicles and have, a, frankly, an unproven concept, 
it's going to be tough slot, a tough slog, I think. So uh, that's it for the mailbag this week. If you want to write into the show with any questions or comments, email me at bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Better. Leave me a voice memo like my wonderful son did, and we can play your questions on the show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager, Kevin Bakes Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. And we're back. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and again, this today we're talking about uranium, green investing for realists. I want to give Eric Balchunas uh, from Bloomberg and from the Trillions podcast his props. That's his phrase, not mine, but I stole it, borrowed it, uh, but I give him, I'm giving him credit. So there we go. Um, and uh, here's the portfolio, folks. And I'm the crazy son of a gun that says I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and here's how it's working out. Uh, it's working out pretty well. Since inception, we're up 1.75 times the hedge funds. We can go short uh, and, and did so successfully last year. We made money. Most of them did not. Uh, we try to make money every – I try to make money every year. That just makes common sense to me. Uh, uh, so far, so good. Your average money manager uh, has a different goal. They hug an index and they want to uh, outperform, which means if the market's down 20% like last year, they go down 17, they call it a moral victory, and they keep their job. I say with all the ETFs that are out there, now that Market Smith has put together their screen for me, where it's 3,000 plus, thank you, Market Smith, there's so many things I can go do. And, and explore and express commodities, countries, stocks, long, short. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. And, um, oh, uh, and so, and the riches go to, uh, thank you, Sprott, for creating these two ETFs. We're 27% in uranium. We're already up 30% plus. And, and again, I'm not selling anytime soon. I'll let you know when I do. Uh, I've already described in my sell discipline that's on the website, stockmarketauthority.com, how I do this. Uh, there's years and years of study in history and, 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 frankly, pain and mistakes that I want you to benefit from. Uh, but stay tuned here. We're 14% oil and gas services and refiners. We're 10% in Argentina, which frankly is not looking great. Uh, maybe because Mercado Libre is rolling over and other things. Uh, we're 22% in AI, robotics, technology, the NVIDIAs and the Microsofts of the world. And uh, that's worked out eh, 
Okay, my timing was not great there, to be blunt. Uh, with 10% in uh, GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Uh, I think that's, that's working out nicely today, the last time I looked. And we're 16% in cash. And your money manager is never going to be 16% in cash. He's going to be fully invested all the time. And he's going to be invested in things that he really doesn't like. Got to have some biotech. Got to have some financials. Got to have some healthcare, even if most of those areas stink. So uh, we're down 14% for the year. I'm not happy about it, uh, but we were up last year. We beat the market by 25 points. They're beating us by 25 points uh, so far. And uh, I'm uh, working my tail off in the last quarter of the year to, uh, to get to the, the promised land of profitability. You like the alliteration I did there? Uh, I'm going to go through recent improvements in my newsletter and my social media posts. Uh, you folks are engaging more with me, and, and I really appreciate it. I love the and appreciate your attention. So thank you. Please subscribe, follow, and share. That's how – oh, uh, we also – uh, and I'm, I'm transparent, we sold uh, the, a third of the Global X Robotics and AI ETF, B-O-T-Z. Part of this, I think, I know, uh, Intuitive Surgical, the, the, uh, the GLP-1s that are out there from Lilly and Novo Nordisk are making everybody thin, apparently, uh, at a pretty high price tag, but the needs for bariatric surgery, which is a tiny piece of intuitive surgical's business, but a part of the growth engine, they said, eh, people are going to go try the GLP ones first. And, um, uh, if there's an outbreak of fitness, that's going to be good for the country. I'm a little skeptical, as you can might imagine. It hasn't hit me yet. That's part of the problem I have. Uh, I clearly am not a spokesperson for uh, the GLP ones. But uh, here's my point, uh, if I, I think I have one, is the, um, the BOTS ETF, I literally I come home every night and I say, this close be- if this closes below the 200 day, I don't care what it is, uh, I'm selling a third. And I did, I sold a third, that means the cash goes up and it's basically responding to what the market is signaling to me, that uh, we've got bigger problems coming up, stocks are acting, uh, 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 are rolling over, the patterns are not looking as attractive, it isn't, you know, uh, all hands on deck yet, Uh, September and October usually stink, so I'm, I'm, I'm weighing that a little bit. But uh, we sold a third of bots. That's why the cash goes up to 16. That's why the tech component goes down. I think it's a better way of doing it than becoming, uh, I call them butterfly wings economists, where they have a thesis from 30,000 feet, and then they bring it down to a stock portfolio. And I just don't think that works. I, I, I've seen it. I haven't seen it work yet. So that's how we're invested uh, September 27th. And uh, let's get into this week's Bake Stakes. Uh, am I, I've got my uh, takes are pretty sh- short and sweet this week. Uh, number one, if you're in a student managed investment fund at one of our fine universities, uh, please uh, make me an introduction. Uh, I, at a minimum, I can teach you how to sell. 
and that isn't covered in you know most CFA and 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 business school kind of programs. I know how to sell, and it works. And I'll show you that, and I, that's worth the price for admission. Second, uh, and I've talked about him before. J.C. Peretz, uh, he runs All Star Charts, and he's on the podcast Trends with Friends. I recommend both highly. He was very pretty bullish. Frankly, he was bullish uh, June of last year. And, um, uh, you know, caught a lot of these big moves. He's pointed to the seasonality, basically saying this is a normal market. Stocks, you know, struggle in September, October. And they, they just do. And it, it, it uh, you know, the people have to make their final year guidance. Do they have to finally admit that they can't make it up in, 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 in 4Q? There's all kinds of dynamics there. I put this chart up there, though, because it shows that uh, yields are, are causing a problem. The Fed can, can control short-term interest rates via the Fed funds. They, but that once you get beyond a year, it's the market. And the market is saying and uh, is, is demanding more interest rate for the risk they're taking. Fitch downgraded the, the U.S. government debt. Uh, I kind of thought that was a nothing burger. Maybe it isn't. I also, uh, I, I keep hearing a, a little bit more, you know, my view is the government is fat, wasteful, bloated. There's, there's way too many uh, lifetime parasite politicians that make it really easy for the lobbyists to make them spend money uh, and borrow way too much. And we're finally having countries uh, and, and others say, you're going to have to pay us more for this this fiscal mess that you've created. You're hemorrhaging money, and and we're going to charge you more. And that means that that risk free, uh, uh, you know, four and a half percent, if you will, uh, is going to look much better than taking risks in stocks that have the kind of downsides that they can have. So uh, it's just a, a great chart showing a 15-year high. This isn't a short-term phenomenon. This is, you know, back to the great financial crisis, uh, hitting highs in yields that, frankly, aren't that high when you go back to, to 1980 and beyond. So he also points to 10-month highs in oil. And we've, you know, we're obviously there with the services and the, and the refiners. And it just strikes me that... Uh, you know, maybe this march up in yields is is got more uh, juice to it than I thought originally. I thought we were probably going to stall out here, and maybe that's not the case. So uh, my takes are: uh, watch out for higher yields. Be uh, pay attention to to the stocks that are acting poorly, so that you can sell them. And um, and please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter where I talk about this even more extensively. Uh, those are my baked takes for this week. And as we close out today, I like to end with some much-needed levity. Uh, uh, please click on the link on the description below. Uh, this is Frank Caliendo goes under the hoodie as Bill Belichick. Uh, love him or hate him, uh, uh, Belichick that is. Uh, this is really, really funny stuff, and uh, I think you'll like it. I will see you next week. Uh, keep those cards and letters coming in, boys and girls. This is Bakes, Stock Market Authority, and I'll see you real soon. Take care. God bless. Bye now.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.